Do you recall a moment in your life where, where someone's words or actions or, or presence just showed you Jesus? Do you, do you have maybe a moment where it pulled back the veil or, or it pulled in a bunch of the pieces from messages, words, and stories you've heard about Jesus and just made the connection and made it so clear to you? For me, that was 20 years ago over ice cream on New Year's Eve. You see, I was in grade 9. I was... I was a kid that didn't have many friends. But my sister had a friend named Darren who was in his OAC year. And Darren, he loved Jesus. So Darren finds me, he tracks me down, and he invites me out on New Year's Eve to get ice cream with him and some of the guys. He comes and he picks me up. He takes me across town to Dairy Queen and buys me a blizzard. He let me be a part of his night. I I don't think he told me anything actually about Jesus that night. But, but if you knew Darren, you know that he was a guy that just was all for Jesus. And he gave me a picture that night that was so clear, so tangible, that I had a felt experience of who Jesus was here on earth. And I would say that that moment was probably even more influential than most sermons I have heard, uh, courses I have taken, or even retreats that I have been on. That experience was an experience where I got to see what it's like to belong where I got to be included, where I was given ice cream and welcomed by someone who had nothing to gain from me. He was the most clear, tangible experience of Jesus in my life in that moment. Today we are talking about discipleship. We're looking at what it is. We're looking at kind of ways that we can follow in discipling others. But we are also looking at how do we embody Jesus for others. I am Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. Uh, If you are new here, it is so great to have you. I I really hope that this is a a part of your journey and your story of understanding Jesus and how that impacts and changes our lives. And for everybody that's part of our community, once again, it is so good to be journeying with you and with Jesus in, in a challenging time, but also in a time full of opportunity for us to see God's kingdom lived out in unique and new ways. I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna look at Matthew 28, 16, Lord, we invite you into our spaces here. Lord, if we are on a couch, we ask you to join us. If we're in a a dining room, we ask you to meet us at this table. Lord, if it was me in this space, I ask you to be present and speaking. Lord, may our hearts be attuned to you. May, May you pull back the things that are in the way from this past week. Lord, may you uh, lighten up our day as it has been dreary and longing for you and longing for life to return to something of normal. Lord, we ask that in this moment you speak, you bring life, vibrancy. And Lord, for, for us as we struggle, as we wrestle to understand what it looks like to be a disciple following after you, Lord, give us, give us your word. Let us understand your heart and may we follow you as we impact the lives of others. So, Lord, we ask you into this time and into this space, and may we see your good done here. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. So, we are looking at Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It's uh, known as the Great Commission, and it goes like this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. As we track through this passage today, I'm going to point out a few things that we're going to kind of like stop at, but we're really going to camp out on discipleship. That's, that's today's topic. But I think there's uh, some key things looking at the Great Commission that help us orient ourselves as we look at this idea of discipleship. Uh, the, the first kind of few points is, uh, one is meeting Jesus, another is worshiping Jesus, and the other one is the authority of Jesus. So the clear thread here in discipleship is Jesus. What we see in this passage is that the disciples went to a spot to meet with Jesus. And in every one of our journeys, we, we have to have come to some sort of spot where we have met Jesus. Now, we, we're going to look a bit more at like, this interaction with Jesus, but in our process, in our journey, we have to have met Jesus. We have to have had some personal moment, some personal spot where we can hear his love, where we know that he is for us, where we, we understand his call and, and draw into relationship with him. And we also need to understand what he has done that has allowed us to be right before him. These are, these are key and critical things that allow us to be ones that disciple and are discipled. So right now, if, if, if today you, you're wondering or thinking that you don't actually know Jesus in that kind of capacity, don't spend another day without it. Um, reach out to anybody. You can message me, but even in our chat bar, you've seen people saying, hello, hey, it's great to be here, that sort of stuff. You can even message one of them. This is not a, uh, a thing that only I can share on. We in our community want to continue to grow in the knowledge and likeness and lifestyle of Jesus, but the key thing in that is we have to know Jesus. And so if today you haven't met Jesus, I encourage you not to, to go another day longer. Take, take today as a day that you want to reach out and truly know Jesus. So please do reach out. Now, the next part in this is after meeting Jesus is, is what they do. They, they worship him. They, they come, they meet him, and they, they focus on him. And that's what being a disciple is about, is worshiping, honoring, and glorifying Jesus for who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing through us. Now, I don't get to camp out on this very much, because actually next week we are looking at worship. We're going to have Abby, and she's going to be sharing about what life worshiping Jesus looks like, can be like, how we have different opportunities to engage with that. Uh, so I'm not going to unpack a whole lot of that here, but the, the key thing is, is that it's not about our best life. It's not about our goodness. It's not about your morals. It's not about your ability. It's about Jesus. And those of us that have been following him, we, we get to understand that these, these things are blessings from him, that the way that we can honor him is with our, with our mouth. The way we can uh, glorify him is with our actions. We can worship him in so many different ways. But all these things themselves are not discipleship. They are acts of worship to him. Uh, there's a little key subpoint I really want to just touch on before we get into the discipleship part. Is uh, it says that they came to worship him, but some of them doubted. And I think that little line, that little throwaway line, is so important for us to catch. Is that while they had walked with him, while Jesus had died and rose and, and told them to meet him somewhere, these guys came and they still had doubt. 
for you and for me as we are disciples of Jesus, we are allowed to have some doubts. We're allowed to have some questions and concerns. But one of the beautiful things here is that this doubt didn't stop them from showing up. They, they knew that there is something here, an, enough to step forward, enough to go to this mountainside, enough to meet with Jesus to work through these doubts. And so I want to encourage you today, uh, even, even if you've been in the faith for 50 years and you still have doubts, keep showing up. Keep finding the ways to meet with Jesus and allow him to work through those things with you, for you. And uh, yeah, I, I just don't want you to sit on the sidelines because of doubt. I want you to engage and to come openly with your doubts. Say, God, I want you to work through this with me. Uh, the, the third thing that I pointed out was the authority of Jesus. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is in control. There is nothing out, out there that he isn't under control. There's, there's nothing in here or in here that isn't under his control. Jesus is the ruler over all things. And now I know that there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of challenge, and a lot of strife uh, just going on out there, in here, and up here. Like, I get that. But Jesus has authority over it all. Now here's the, the hard part, and this might be where a lot of doubt comes in as well for us, is that even though God has all the authority in all the world, he still likes to choose to work through his disciples. God has a heart to work through people like me, people like you, to change the world. He didn't want to just come in and zap it, make it all fine. He came in and he raised up disciples. He showed them the way, he taught them the way, he encouraged them, he supported them, he rebuked them. And he did this so that we today can, can follow along, bringing life to others, restoring uh, order to chaos, bringing vibrancy to what is <laughs> death and decay. And so as we are living our lives, we get to engage with God's authority and God's power because he has sent us here to live out his kingdom. And so while it doesn't make everything easy and doesn't make everything right, it's in the process of that. And we know that Jesus is guiding us. He's working through us to restore the world. So I, I just want to hit those points, and then I want to get into this. And this is actually why I think that last point of God choosing to work through us sets up discipleship. Um, one, as, as critical, but it also gives it its, its beauty. It gives it its power. And I think that is why we get to unpack it and we really get to live into it. It's like God wants to do amazing things in, in his creation through you as a disciple and a disciple maker. So here we go. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. So the first question I would have is, uh, what is, what is a disciple, right? Has, has anyone ever made one before? Is there a template for this? Like when I get Ikea, I get a package with instructions. Most of the time I don't follow them, but it's nice to know that they're there for when I get like stuck. And that happens, that happens. Um, so a question for you guys, like do any of you feel like you are like on point disciple maker, like you know how to do it? If, if, if you're like, I won't say like disciple master, like we know Jesus was that, but if you feel like you got it, like, I would love for you to comment, and I'd love to converse with you, because I, I think there's so much room to grow for every one of us. Um, so feel free to let us know that. But here's, here's the big thing. Discipleship is messy, right? It's, it's imperfect, it's challenging, but it's also the key 
to how we grow as disciples and how others grow. So what is a disciple? Generally, a disciple is a learner. In, in, in this context, a disciple is a learner of Jesus. One that is growing in the knowledge, the likeness, and lifestyle of Jesus. You see, we are all following Jesus. We are in a, a process of discipleship. We are on that journey. And for, if you've been on it for a while, today might be a great question for you and for me to, to check in on ourselves. How, how are we moving along in our discipleship? So how, how are you and how, how am I growing in following Jesus? Is there something over this past month, over this past week, or certainly over this past year where you have just sensed God is growing you? I'd encourage you to write that down, just to, to think about that, to reflect on how God is growing you. Another one is, how have you and I been formed in Jesus' likeness? Are, are you and I becoming more and more like Jesus? Are, uh, would people say, wow, like, I barely recognize you because like, last year you were a terrible person. But man, God has, has obviously worked in your life to a point where you are you're not like yourself. These, these questions allow us to kind of have like check-in points, allow us to say, like, I am not done. I am still growing. You are not done. You are still growing. Jesus says that we will be known by our fruits. So as, as, as followers, it is worth taking time every now and then to push back the branches and see what fruits are coming out of our lives. Are we living more like Jesus? Are we acting more like Jesus? Are we, are we serving more like Jesus? Are we praying like Jesus? Do we have a heart for the lost, the broken, like Jesus? Now, I'm, I'm going to get into uh, some stuff that I'm borrowing from uh, Jeff Vanderstelt. If you haven't heard of him, he's a, uh, a missional community guy. He kind of does community discipleship. That's his, his deal. So you're going to be hearing more about him probably in the years to come. I think he has some amazing stuff out there. But he, he says that we really can't understand what Jesus' disciples discipleship was like without really looking at the trajectory. So in Matthew 4, this is the call of the disciples, we see the first call. It says Matthew 4, 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, they saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. Mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So there's this process uh, from the beginning of the call to the end of the book where Jesus calls these disciples, he calls them out from being fishermen to be followers of him. And these followers ultimately end up as worshipers of Jesus. That's the overarching theme to what a disciple does. Is it moves from just being a follower, well, from somebody that doesn't know, to a follower, to, to one who wor worships Jesus. In this process, Jesus also says, I will make you fishers of men. That what we see through scripture is that Jesus is the one that does all the work. Jesus is the one that transforms these people. He changes our hearts. He gives us an identity. He makes us sons and daughters of God. He makes us suitable temples for the Spirit. That Jesus is the one that does the work. And we'll see that actually later as we, we wrap this up. We'll be looking at Jesus doing what he does. 
But we also see that Jesus moves us from being just fishers to fishers of men to ultimately being ones that obey his commands. To make this nice and tidy as best as, as, well, I guess Jeff can. I'm borrowing this one. A disciple is an increasingly growing worshiper of Jesus, being changed by him in obeying his commands. That's, that's a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is an increasingly growing worshiper of Jesus, being changed by him in obeying his commands. So then if we're looking at what discipleship is, discipleship, I'm borrowing this again, is leading others to increasingly submit all of life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus. So that's, that's what we get to be a part of. We get to be a part of leading others to increasingly submit all of life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus. That, it's so big, so broad, but it's so clear and concise that it's about Jesus. Jesus is our focus. Now, we, we aren't the church police. We aren't rule makers. We are people who worship Jesus. We are changed by Jesus, and we obey Jesus. That is what life as a disciple looks like. And here, here's kind of the, the hardest challenge it's been for a church um, ever, is that discipleship cannot happen well in only one hour a week. Discipleship is an all-in kind of process. It's, it's an everything kind of process. And I think that has actually been where we have been most hit by COVID in this past year. I don't think our worship has been really that affected. Like, we can worship Jesus anywhere, and we'll, we'll talk more about that again next week. But our discipleship, our ability to be life on life, to interact, to show Jesus to people, to, to bring grace and love to people, that has been the hardest hit part of our lives in this past year through this pandemic. The most valuable influence in my life wasn't a sermon, as I was saying. It wasn't a book. It was life on life with a person. A lot of my life has been the most influential moments by people coming alongside, holding grace and truth, and showing me Jesus. People are how we connect with Jesus in, in deep, meaningful ways where we clear back some of the hurt, we clear back some of the misconceptions. While, while God's scripture does speak to us, and we know that, and while prayer is God's way of connecting with us, absolutely, this formation thing that God wants to do in every one of our lives he wants to do it through discipleship. He wants to do it through you investing in others. He wants to do it me investing in others and investing in you. This is what God's desire is for us as, as a church, as a, a follower of him. Right? We, we are given windows through each other's life to see Jesus. I was, I was given that simple window of joining Darren for ice cream on New Year's Eve. And I got to see Jesus. And it still reminds me of it. 20 years later, I still think about that, that moment where a man, where a guy cared enough about me. See, discipleship is life on life. Now, we do have books, we do have studies, we do have all these tools that we can use, but they are, they are just tools. They are things that allow us time with and, and some intentional conversation. So I'm not saying throw those all out. They can be helpful. But really what, what discipleship is at the end of the day, it is your mess and my mess having time and space, truth and grace to work into and through them. Right? It's your mess and my mess having time and space 
truth and grace to work into them and through them. That is how we, we work through this life. That's how we see the grace of God get into these moments. It is having the space where truth and grace can really saturate, work through, uproot, disturb my life so I can know Jesus more. And see, that's what we need to have as, as disciple makers, as disciples. We need to have space to see people at their best, which we, we have a great tradition of Sunday mornings coming at your best, right? But also at their worst, which is not exactly where a lot of us want to get caught or seen. But also in our average, we need those moments in the grocery stores. We need those moments in the park. We need those moments at the back of the church with coffee. We need those moments where we just are caught off guard and are just ourselves. And it is in those moments that we are given the opportunity to live out this good news that sharpens, that shapes, that rounds out us in the knowledge, the likeness, and lifestyle of Jesus. And this is why our future as Stanley Park Community Church isn't in peril at all, no. This is why our future as Stanley Park Community Church is, is deeply tied to the communities that you and I are a part of. That we are in little groups that are designed to connect in meaningful ways to help us understand life as a disciple of Jesus. And so maybe this is a, a challenge to you, is, is to make a little bit more time for that. Is You have the opportunity to show up often now in Zoom, but I guess like in a week and a bit, maybe even in person, distanced, to show up and show that Jesus' love to somebody else in that group. Or maybe for you to show up and for you to receive Jesus' grace from that group. We, we specifically designed these groups to be ones that are, are kind of challenging because it's not all people that are all the same. I was actually asked by many of the leaders uh, when we started this, is why not just go with people of the same age or people of the same, um, you know, area or like in, in, in life. But the, the value of Jesus is that he is our centerpiece. He is a piece that holds us together. And I have been so encouraged in some of these groups where people that would not connect, people who don't have much in common, are laughing, they're, they're rejoicing, they're sharing stories, they are seeing the beauty in relationship because the only thing that really connects them there is their heart for Jesus. And so I would encourage you that uh, over this next little bit, to, to think about, can you lean in a little bit deeper into our communities? Could you put yourself out there a little bit more? Taking a, a step into uh, intentional conversation, maybe looking for ways to create space to allow others to safely share, to safely let down their walls of perfection, uh, maybe to be like the disciples who showed up with Jesus and, and doubt, or a place where we can share our hurts a place where we can unpack all these things that we carry with us and allow grace and truth to speak to them and allow the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing to impact their life. And maybe, maybe for you it's also a challenge in openness is that you need to allow yourself to be open enough to let some of your hurts show up in one of these meetings, to let your, your perfect face down for a few moments, to maybe air that one question that you've been carrying for five or ten years. I would, I would encourage you to use your gifts, skills, and abilities to invest in these, this group and to those people to allow them to grow in the knowledge and likeness and lifestyle of Jesus. And so I, ha I have a few, two questions, I have sub-questions, that might be actually valuable for, for you to think about as you think about engaging others in your community or others around you. 
So a question that you, you can ask yourself is in your community, how are you helping others grow in the knowledge, the likeness, and lifestyle of Jesus? If, if an obvious answer doesn't come to your mind, I would encourage you to pray about that. Is there a way that God wants to use you to grow people in that community? Do you have a unique gift? Do you have a talent? Do you have uh, a heart that will listen? Do you have the ability to share grace and truth? Do you have the ability to laugh at a joke? What, whatever it is, I'd uh, encourage you to pray about it and ask God to help you step into this community, living out that aspect of your ability to help disciple our groups. Another great question that's worth asking is, as people come into your life and connect with you, how does your faith contribute, with, contribute to them understanding Jesus? Uh, a few ideas that you can kind of wrestle through, and if, if it's not obvious, I think, once again, I encourage you to pray. But maybe one of these faith things that you have is that you are a generous person. Maybe you just give gifts. Maybe you just give time. Maybe you are so kind in the way that you approach somebody that they get to experience your faith, and Jesus through that. Maybe it's your servantness. Maybe you just care so well for people. Maybe you put their needs above your own. Maybe you are like the encourager, that you send messages saying, hey, I was thinking of you today, and uh, no real reason. I just want to say you're really great at X or Y. Maybe you are just that caring person that shows up with, with bread or shows up with cookies, shows up with something to show care. Maybe you are the, the listener. Maybe you're the person that, People can call up and just talk to you for an hour because they need to get grace and truth in them and some of this hurts and hang-ups out. Maybe you are actually like uh, the advocate. Like when you hear that there's something wrong, you are on their side, that you will fight with them and fight for them, that you will be one of those people that they need in their corner in a moment that things get harder and harder. Maybe you are one of those representations of Jesus in that fight. I don't know what your, what your gift is. I don't know how people come across Jesus in you, but I would encourage you to pray about that. Because you living out your gifts, skills, and abilities in community helps us all get a better picture of Jesus. It helps pull back the veil. It allows us to see some of these messages that I've shared, some of these readings that we've come across, stories and tales of Jesus working, and it allows us to pull them together and allow us to have a better picture of what Jesus is like and what Jesus is doing here now today. And that now and today thing is where I kind of want to finish this. So Jesus says that he wants us to go and make disciples. And then after that he says, surely I will be with you always. We see that in scripture Jesus came and is God with us. That he's Emmanuel. That his heart is for us. That he wants to dwell amongst us. He left and sent his spirit to live with us. And so all that we are doing is not of our own ability what we are doing connected to Jesus is living out the kingdom of God in the ways that he desires for us to. Now here's the really cool thing, and I think a lot of us miss it. The Old Testament has a bunch of rules. I'm sure you've come across that part, or at least somebody's told you about that. Uh, and a lot of them will be sitting around this, no, thou shall and thou shall not. And that was really the Old Covenant structure. A lot of things to do and a lot of things not to do. But for you and for me today, we, we get to live in this new covenant, one that is purchased by the blood of Jesus, one that has restored us into relationship with God, and it has a whole new action plan. 
The whole new action plan is around what Jesus does. Jesus says, I will do this. I have done this. So the old covenant was, thou shall, and thou shall not. The new covenant is, Jesus has done this. He says, I will do that. And so as we look at our faith and following Jesus, we need to be looking at what he is doing, how he is working in me, how he is guiding you to engage with the culture, engage with people around us. Because Jesus is the, the hero of the story. Jesus is the one that wants to work through his disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth is in him. And he chooses to use you, and he chooses to use people like me to advance his kingdom, to, to bring grace and peace and empowering presence into lives of others. So maybe this week we need, we need to remember that discipleship happens life on life. Maybe we need to understand that we all need guides. We all need help hearing the Spirit, hearing God's direction, to understanding truth and discerning that. Maybe we need to hear that we need to be encouraged. It's been a hard, hard month. It's going to be uh, well over a year coming soon. Maybe we need encouragement. Maybe we need to hear truth. Maybe we need some more tangible expressions of grace because we are holding up all these things that we have failed in. But I know for sure that in this, we need to have disciples who are worshiping Jesus, that are continually submitting our lives to him in worship and honor and obeying what he does. And I think that's probably where the, the challenge in all of this comes down to is, what is God calling you to do? What is he encouraging you to do? Is, is he asking you to take some time and set it aside to be with people? It can be distance, absolutely, or it could be online. Uh, you might find ways like using photography to go distance with somebody, to, to allow life conversations to happen. It might be that you lean in deeper into your community group, that you, you go to whatever kind of things are, are options. You jump on the Zoom whenever they meet. You send messages, text, email, whatever. But I think this, this week it might be even a, a challenge in openness. Are you willing to share some of your hurts? Are you willing to share some of your life experiences where Jesus has shown up? Are you willing to share some of your doubts? Because in, in all of this, we want to be open and authentically following Jesus. It doesn't help anybody to pretend that we have it all together. We have to come knowing that we live to worship Jesus, to follow him, and to allow others to grow in surrender to him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, because I, I think God is obviously challenging every one of us to, to live as disciple makers. But I don't know what exactly way he's calling you to live this week. So I'm going to pray, and I, and I hope he speaks to you and guides you in how to continue to bring his journey of making disciples into other people's lives. Lord, we, we know that your heart is for us. We know that you have come to make a way for us to be restored, a way for us to live a vibrant life uh, full of your spirit. Lord, I pray over our community groups. Lord, I pray that you knit them together. Lord, I pray that you, you work in our hearts to make us desire community again. Lord, I ask that you push back the darkness in our lives, the, the isolation, the loneliness, the, the numbness that we can feel. Lord, and I pray that you light that fire, you spark it hotter for others. Lord, I pray that you put in a passion for us to see you glorified by other people's lives. Lord, I ask that you put in our hearts a desire to surrender, to open up, and to express and explore faith in you 
Because, Lord, we want to honor, we want to glorify you. Lord, I, I ask that you continue to knit us together as a full church, as ones that have been distanced for so long. Lord, I pray that you give us creative opportunities to disciple one another. Lord, that you give us moments, hours, and conversations in the, in the weeks and months to come where every one of us grows to know you better. Lord, come, we ask you to shape us, we ask you to mold us, we ask you to direct us. And Lord, we love you, and we trust that your authority is good in our lives. Help us obey what you tell us to do. Help us surrender the things that we hold close, Lord. And in those doubts that we carry with us, Lord, help us hold them up and realize that you are much bigger and better than them. Help us continue to show up, Lord. Help us continue to bring you honor and meet you in the places that you desire to be met. Lord, we surrender this, uh, this message, we surrender this time to you, and we look forward to what you do this week. May you come by your spirit and guide us as di- disciples and as disciple makers. Amen.